Greetings Blood Bowlers and welcome to the All or Nuffle podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Blood Bowl. Greetings Blood Bowlers and welcome back to another episode of the All or Nuffle podcast. We are going to be doing a slightly different episode today. So you guys will be more used to episodes where we have a 50-minute to 90-minute episode centered around a specific Blood Bowl team. Um, We talk about the ins and outs, um, the players as individuals, and maybe some lists and rosters that you can take. And although in these early stages of our Lawnuffle, that is very much going to be the bread and butter of what we do here, um, purely because I want to do one on every single team so that every time I get the question of any tips for this team, I can just refer people to the specific episode for that race. So the plan was always to have these early days of All or Nuffle be all about, um, you know, getting these podcast episodes on for these individual teams. Um, But today is going to be the first of what I hope will be many episodes that aren't just these team uh, team podcast episodes. Um, and you know what? Even more so, we're actually going to speak more broadly than just Blood Bowl as well. So today's episode, we're going to discuss hobby clubs. Um, we're talking, although hobby clubs and communities do exist in an online sense, um, we're going to very much concentrate on the physical hobby club, you know, where people physically get together to play games and things like that. Um, you know, and the reason we're going to speak about that is because that is something that I did. Um, you know, and today we've got some fantastic news about that hobby club that I will discuss at the end because it's at the very most recent end of the timeline. Um, so, I mean, the purpose of this episode is one of the most common things I see from people, mainly around Blood Bowl, because it's one of the less popular games that Games Workshop do, is, oh, there are just no players in my area. And, you know, a lot of people can make that claim and probably be pretty accurate. It's a pretty accurate statement. But, alternatively, I think there are a lot of people out there that think there are no players near them and just aren't willing to do the work to find them. Um, And, you know, and that's not meant to be a slight at anybody who doesn't put in that work. You know, sometimes all it takes is for an individual like myself in my local community to have the initiative to think, nah, I'm going to change this. I'm sicker than not having enough people to play with. And yeah, and I did. So let's talk about, first of all, how you want to get those early those early stages of forming uh, a hobby club. So my advice would be, you have to start off, whether you like it or not, with an online presence before you can have a physical face-to-face presence. And the reason for that is the modern day, as we all know, if it's not written on the internet, it might as well not exist. So the way I started is me and um, a close friend who's very much been a number two throughout this whole operation. Um, we came up with a name. Um, we ultimately decided on uh, dice demons, um, but we also put the local community's nickname in front of that, Sescu Dice Demons. Uh, and Sescu is an acronym. Um, it's the three main villages um, that, because I live in quite a rural area, 
um, not quite as rural as like deep countryside, but it's rural enough. Um, and it's the wider community is made up of a series of small villages all connected by country roads. And the three main villages that make up this network of villages that is the wider community are South Emsel, which is the S-E in the acronym, and South Kirkby, Kirby, sorry, it's spelt Kirkby, but it's pronounced Kirby, so that is the S-K, and then there's also Upton, which is the smallest of the three, right on the very end. So we've got Sesku Dice Demons. So we've got the community, like the area that this club is aimed at or focused on, and then, you know, something a little bit catchy. Dice Demons, alliteration, um, you know, the name Dice Demons has also led us in a direction of having a really clean colour scheme of black and red, um, as logo is like very much like an old school um, circle football logo, and um, with Dice Demons right across the outer circle, uh, and then a, a devil's head in the middle. Um, we had all that designed, we got all that sorted. We got um, the name, a logo, um, a little cover photo with some information, and we made, we opted for a Facebook group. Um, I think a lot of people in the in the modern day would, for this type of community, lean towards Discord, and I would nine times out of ten agree that Discord would be the better platform for something like that. It just would. Its, it's functionality is so much better tailored to running something like that. But, again, you've got to look at the area that you're planning to operate in. So the area we're planning to operate in, as I said, is a network of smaller villages, all of which are old coal mining villages. Um, you know, it's they're, they're very, very old-fashioned, and to a certain degree, not quite as bad as some places in the UK, but it's kind of maybe 10, 15, even 20 years in the past compared to a lot of, a lot of other places in the UK. So I figured Facebook is probably going to be the most accessible platform. You're going to have younger people who know how to use it, and then older people who know how to use it because it's been around for a while. So yeah, I figured Facebook was the most accessible platform. So we got a private Facebook group made on there, added as cool image, um, as logo, written a really in-detailed um, bio explaining what the group were going to be about and all that business. And then we set about inviting us friends. So before we created this group, there was me, um, my friend Todd, who uh, is in charge of the group with me. Um, and then maybe a dozen or eight, nine, ten other friends um, that we played games with, which I know, I'm sure there's people out there who would be thankful to even have their eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve friends or whatever it was um, and be happy with that. But we had, and I don't want to speak poorly of anyone, but it was getting to a point where, you know, people worked different hours, people have got different commitments, which is all fine, you know, like it, real life comes first before rolling dice. But it got to a point where everybody's schedules were so out of whack with one, one another that absolutely nobody were getting any games in at all for a good five six months and that is why in october i think it was so just over a year ago last year um we had the idea for this group so yeah we made the facebook group and we invited all his friends 
and then we told all of us friends any tabletop gamers that you know that aren't necessarily in our direct friendship group invite them and then that would that naturally grew numbers as well um what we also did is um and i'm not sure if this is something that's common globally or even throughout the uk but in the area that i live in um sescu as we'll continue to refer to it as there are facebook groups with tens of thousands of people in and by tens of thousands of people i mean pretty much everybody in you know these small villages is in these facebook groups and we were just bombarding these facebook groups well, you know things like um uh, there were there's a group called what's going on in sescu so you know local events and stuff get posted in there and then these 10 11 12,000 people from local area see it and they know what's coming up so we were posting this group in there um and then there was uh community sescu communities together something like that we were posting it in there um you know posting in other um groups not too far from us um that you know too far for us to justify the travel regularly but not too far that maybe somebody who's already in there who's traveling quite far to them would be closer to us you know things like that and very quickly we shot up to you know we started off with after we've invited us friends like 12 13 people after they invited their friends we got up to 20 people and then we held our first meet at a local game store called Alice Games just on the outskirts of us community um the first ever one was in January of this year and we plugged the crap out of it we created an event um within the Facebook group invited all the group members um you know planned and organized who were playing what game uh, because unfortunately the local game store that we use is not a great site it's not huge um so very from very early on we've kind of had to micromanage who's playing what and what size game they're going to be playing who they're playing against uh, and all that business just to try and use the space as efficiently as possible um as first ever meet had close to 30 people um don't get me wrong it naturally declined after that once you know the hype of this first ever meet people sort of like you know maybe they don't like what the setup we've got and don't come back or maybe they traveled over just to show support or something like that um but after that we've kind of been sitting at a um if me that, uh, we've kind of been sitting at a regular number for events of like somewhere between i want to say 12 to 20 people has been our comfortable number that is kind of where we sit on a regular basis um don't get me wrong it has been under 12 um we did have um a little bit of a a covid outbreak in his local area um post pandemic um that led to six people who are regulars that came to events every month because we host one meet a month um and i think we got down to like seven people and but that's the lowest it's ever been ever since starting um so we, we are currently at um 120 members from a community where where 12 of us together struggle to get games in um it's grown so much it is 
insane. Um, and that all started, that, that early networking that I described, where you just get, and it's, it's a terrible phrase for it, but you just make sure that your brand, and that's why it's important to have a nice logo, a color scheme, a, a brand, you build a brand, you just push your brand in people's faces in the area you want to target to the point where even if they're not into tabletop gaming, they're so sick of seeing you that they will tell somebody that they do know who likes tabletop gaming. And that is how in 12 months from going to having only 12 players or what we thought were only 12 players to choose from in the in the entire community, We've now got a pool of 120 players that we can choose from. And we are currently sitting in a place where we are really struggling for space at our local venue that we've been using for the past 12 months. We are in a constant a constant loop of having a meet, getting some time to sort of like reorganize after the meet, and then immediately having to go back into, right, who's coming to the next one? Because we need to spend the next three weeks organizing and using the space we've got as efficiently as possible. And don't get me wrong, it's a lovely problem to have because without that problem, that means we wouldn't have a community and we wouldn't have got to 120 members already. But it does come with its share of stress. Um, So we are now in a position where two months ago, we wrote a letter to another venue. The only problem is the other venue that we have applied to use for our meets does not have gaming mats, does not have terrain or anything like that. It is literally a function room in a pub. It's got nothing but tables and chairs. So we wrote a letter with a proposal um asking them if we could use their function room for the entirety of 2024, um, the third Saturday of every month throughout the entire year. Um, you know, we rate what we're about, um, what they can expect from us, um, what we expect from them, why we think it's a mutually beneficial relationship and all that business. And today, literally five hours ago, we got the word that it has been accepted. So this club that, had nobody in it to begin with is now at such a place that we have had to get a new venue to accommodate the amount of people that want to come to our meets. We've got it. And now our capacity for people coming to our hobby club meetups has not even quadrupled more than quadrupled. It's easily our capacity is probably, yeah, probably five times as big. I reckon maybe not everyone would be able to get a game, um, but I reckon you could get a good 60, 80 person tournament going in there, depending on what game, if you're talking big scale 40k, probably not kill team, blood balls, smaller stuff. Absolutely. Um, as I said, though, getting this new venue as fantastic as it is, because we're in a position now where our growth projection is going to be absolutely insane. The next level of problems that arises with that is that we're going to a venue that has no gaming mats, no terrain, as I said. So we've got to source our, our own. One of his initial plans was to make all his own terrain. 
Now, that's cost effective. It is not time effective. And we are under time constraints. We are moving to a new venue in January. So the plan was to have nine big scale um, tables, essentially. Um, so that's nine games of either AOS or 40K, which means we needed nine mats, nine six by four mats, which is expensive. Um, and then we needed a mixture of AOS and sci-fi terrain to be able to play both types of game on all nine. Which I'm sure you can imagine is a lot of time and a lot of money. So about six months ago, we started raising funds for the club. My buddy Todd, who I started the club with, um, he was officially appointed as treasurer of the club. And we went crazy. Or should I say he went absolutely crazy with the fundraising. We were doing giveaways. People were donating prizes. And we were doing football raffle cards. We were raffling off alcohol. We were going absolutely crazy. And with a matter of four or five weeks, we had filled that many football cards, done that many raffles, that we had £300 that we could get all nine of the mats in. And we did well. I say all nine. I think we only ended up buying six. I donated one that I own. And two other people donated ones that they own, which is, you know, obviously very grateful. Like a, a community is only as good as its, its its worst member, and we we don't have any bad members. Absolutely, everyone like came in clutch, helped out, offered time, and were willing to give money to raffles and fundraisers and stuff. And then you've even got those absolute heroes donating their own possessions, such as gaming mats and stuff. So after his first bout of fundraising we had enough to get the mats. So we got the mats. Um, the next thing was, what are you going to put on them? We need some terrain. Now, this has kind of been an era of like just taking whatever we can get. Because if you were to ask me, Todd, or anybody else that is involved with any organizational stuff with Dice Demons, how we felt about MDF laser cut um, terrain, you know, from like TT combat and stuff. Before we needed terrain for Dice Demons, every single one of us would have said, we ain't touching that with a barge pole. It's terrible. It's a nuisance to build. It looks terrible when painted. However, it has been our greatest asset. We managed to buy a really good good set couple of sets of the mdf laser cut stuff from one of his members who did us a really good price on it again very generous of him um and we've been able to fill a large chunk of his tables with that not only that we've got one of his friends ian who's been building from scratch terrain uh, you know using foam and things like that to get some more natural terrain and things like that he's built buildings for a tyranid board and all that business and um, we've bought games workshops own um, terrain second hand from people for really good prices and things like that and we're in a really good position we're we're set to move to a new venue in january um as first meet will be the third saturday of january um at the new venue and we're in a position now where all we really need is terrain for one more aos themed board um, we just need a couple of buildings printed. We're thinking like a tavern, a barn house, a blacksmith, just to basically like mock up a little fantasy village, kind of like on the outskirts of like a uh, a major city, major a major city in a uh, a fantasy setting. Um, 
and then that will be all our big boards completely sorted. Now you see, that is the only area that we really needed to have our own as own infrastructure for. Now, as you guys will know, my main game is Blood Bowl. That is probably the reason that you're even listening to this episode, because you know that I'm all about Blood Bowl. You see, we don't really need to have an infrastructure for Blood Bowl, Blood Bowl because it's not a very popular game. Um, it is at our club in terms of, you know, compared to the size of other games, it has its bespoke community. But everybody who plays Blood Bowl almost always has their own pitch. So the club doesn't really need to own its own pitches to be able to leave out for people to use when they come to the meets. Because you can just say, right, bring your own pitch. I own two sevens pitchers um, and two elevens pitchers. Um, my good friend Gav, who you've heard on podcasts before, he owns two elevens pitchers and a sevens pitch. And that's just between two of, two of us. And there's about 12 of us in the hobby club who are really committed to Blood Bowl. So we've got enough pitchers between us. It's absolutely fine. The only time it could be an issue is when we have tournaments. And if you know tournaments are bigger and we get more people than we've got boards, um, which I find hard to believe because I think between the 12 of us, we've probably got close to 20 boards, but you never know. But for the time being, and for the most part, the normal day-to-day Blood Bowl playing that we will experience at our club meets is sorted. Everybody can bring their own. And, I, you know, people may disagree. I also think that's the same for Kill Team. Um, it's, Kill Team is not as popular um, at our hobby club. It very rarely gets played. Uh, and even less than that, Warcry, as oh, I've only ever seen it played once. One demo game um, up at our hobby club. Um, it just it just does not have a following. But again, for me, those are the type of games where the boards are so small that you can just bring your own. And let's face it, if you're collecting a ton of Kill Team stuff, if you're collecting a ton of Warcry stuff... Chances are you've bought a starter set at some point, and chances are you've got your own board still from that starter set. So that is kind of why our main focus for the entire thing for this hobby club and being ready for the change of venue was focusing on the big scale stuff. 40k is by far our most popular game. It's as most played, it takes up most of a space every every meet we have. Um, so it was important to make sure we had an infrastructure to support its popularity. And, you know, naturally, while we're doing that, we also wanted to cater for an AOS crowd, which is why we've got two to three tables, um, stuff that can also be used for AOS. Um, You know, AOS is uh, not very popular in our hobby club either. Um, In fact, I'd even go as far as to say that Blood Bowl, in terms of people who want to play it, is maybe a little bit more popular than AOS, really. Uh, Not in the wider community, um, or you know, games workshop stuff as games workshop stuff as a whole, but certainly within our you know our sort of group, um, you know we get we we at least get somebody playing Blood Bowl every single meet that we have, whereas AOS only ever comes around once every couple of meets. Todd usually organises a game with someone, or you get um, somebody who already plays AOS bringing a family member or a friend who wants to learn something like that. Um, so yeah, we we did we did still want to cater to the people that do play it, but it was nowhere near as um, big of a priority as forty k. Forty k is just as an astronomical monopoly on our community. It's it's crazy. It's it, literally eighty percent of the people who come play forty k, which really annoys me because I don't fucking like it. Even though I collect Tyranids and I play it, 
I just play it to fit in and actually get games with my friends sometimes because that's all they ever want to fucking play and I hate it so much. Um, they should all just play Blood Bowl because but they're boring. <laughs> um, so yeah, our hobby club is in a really good place. And I don't know if we are a little bit of an anomaly. Um, I don't know if it's normal for a hobby club in such a rural area for like us to go from having a dozen members in October last year to be just over a year old and have 120 members and be filling an entire room full of people playing games and literally having more players to pick from to play games against than we have time to play games, which is a rarity. Um, and I do apologise if I'm sort of waffling a little bit, maybe. Maybe I'm, I'm talking absolute nonsense. But I just wanted to share our hobby club's journey because one of the most... I don't want to say like heartbreaking things is it's something that is I get like secondhand frustration from is seeing those people who want to play games, whether it's 40k, whether it's Blood Bowl, whatever you want to play, or people comment and say, oh, I would love to buy these miniatures, but I have nobody to play with. There's nothing more frustrating than people being like, I live out way out in the middle of nowhere or nobody near me plays. So I figured if I can just share our journey from people who thought that there were not enough people, you know, to get games in to now being spoiled for choice that other people may take steps like this. Um, and then, you know, I'm not saying that everybody has to start a hobby club. Some people don't want the commitment and the work that comes with it because it is a lot of work, um, you know, and sometimes I find myself going to these meets um once a month and not actually even playing anything myself i'm so concerned with the organization of the group making sure everyone else is having such a good time or we might have raffles on the go collecting money and things like that that sometimes like this club that we started to be able to get games in i'm not even getting games in so that is something to be mindful of like you may not want to start a hobby club but maybe you can do some why not if you've got a local community facebook group you know, kind of like how I mentioned, oh, Sescu communities together. What's going on in Sescu? If, you, if wherever you live, if you've got something like that, you don't necessarily have to create a hobby group and, you know, build a logo and a brand and then put it in that. You could just put, hi, I'm not really advertising any sort of event or anything. I'm just wanted to inquire if there's anybody out there who plays X, Warhammer, Blood Bowl, whatever, or just put tabletop games in general. Um, and if anybody does, could you reach out? There you go. Start networking. It is literally networking. Just put your feelers out. Find people with similar interests to you, and it will not take long before you can start. Even if you've got nobody to play with right now, and by taking a couple of those steps, the absolute best you can do is getting six people in a Facebook group chat who will regularly be able to meet up for a game, whether it's once a month, twice a month, once every two months. So, you know, as long as you're improving your access to games of your choice, of what you want to play, you know, then it's well worth just taking these couple of extra little steps. Um, I'm going to take this opportunity to say, on the off chance that there is anybody listening to this podcast who lives in the north of England, specifically in West or South Yorkshire around the areas of Doncaster, Barnsley, Wakefield, 
Pontefract, um, anywhere else, um, Castleford maybe, um, around those areas um, who are willing to maybe travel a little bit because we are, like again, we are out of the way a little bit in the middle of nowhere um, that would like to join our hobby group. Reach out to me on TikTok at Bloodballbaz and drop me a message and ask for an invite to our Facebook group and you'll be able to see when we're next meeting up, where we're next meeting up. And, you know, fingers crossed, you join the community, get a game in, meet a few like-minded people and have a great time. So, yeah, on that note, guys, this is a relatively short episode, but I did just want to share some of the success that we've been having and hopefully maybe inspire a few other people. Um, So, yeah, I do apologize. It's a lot shorter than you're used to. I'm not a lot shorter, but quite a bit shorter. Um, I don't know where we're going to go next with episodes. I have been waiting for Gav um, to come and do the ARC episode, um, but he's been on a holiday. Um, you know, I've had some issues in my personal life that I've needed solving. Um, so I may be in a position where I just do the episode without him and we get him on to discuss a different team uh, the next time he's available. So check out my, uh, again, social media on TikTok at Blah Blah Buzz, Um And there's usually a video on there maybe getting you guys to vote on which team we talk about next. The next team is almost certainly going to be Orcs, um, and I'm hoping to get that done sooner rather than later. Um, So, yeah, thank you very much for your time, guys. I hope that, again, this story about our little humble hobby club that has grown into this monster that takes up a lot of us time and even money um, inspires you, uh, if not to start a club, um, but, you know, to reach out, put your feelers out there and find some people you can play with regularly. So yeah, thank you very much for listening, guys, and take care, and I will catch you on the next one.